The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Head to Gamefly.com slash FarBeyond for a free premium 30-day trial today. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 And it, it's beyond. Yes. We're back once again. Welcome to episode 529. My name is Max Scoville, and I'm joined yet again by Brian Altano. Everyone's here, and we couldn't be happier. Casey DeFritis. I don't have anything clever to say. What? What are you, do, what are you doing here, then? No, I'm just kidding. Brian never <laughs> has anything good to say. And yep. Marty Sleva. I've been happier. Oh, are you? Like, okay? Brian said we couldn't be happier, but oh, like, okay. I think all of us can remember moments in our lives that were better. Like, you got, you got right. married. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was years ago. Was so this, like, is this better than your So, wedding? like, on average, the whole table collectively kind of a good 7.5 out of 10. Is that I, about yeah, right? I would. That's where rent don't buy. Good. That's good old. Let's, yeah. Well, luckily, <laughs> that's it's what a 7.5 is. It's a free podcast. Because you can't rent things so. anymore. As yeah. It used to say under every IGN review. Rent, don't buy. Yeah. Uh, so, Casey, we had you on the show last week uh, yes. to talk about Monster Hunter World, which uh, you were still kind of under embargo about. Uh, second half of the show, you were going to do like a deep dive. We're going to let you go nuts and talk about all the weird horned beasts and things in there. Um, this was like an incredible weekend for games. Yes. Yeah. This was a wonderful, just one of those times where it's just like a perfect storm of all the good stuff. We had uh, we had Shadow of the Colossus, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, Monster Hunter World, uh, Celeste. Well, we have Shadow of the Colossus because <laughs> we're lucky. Yeah. Right. But not most people right. are still like you, son of a bitch. Well, actually, well, no. Right. You've you've all had it for for decades. You've all had so it anyway. Thirteen. That comes you've out. That comes out. Along. What today? As of this, no, that comes next week. Next week. Next yeah. Week. yeah. Okay. We had it quite a bit. Okay, we had it. Sorry, I feel bad. Yeah. We had our anyway. It's a good. It's a, it was still a good week. It was the there was the Sea of Thieves beta. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. And it, I don't know if you were in San Francisco. It was sunny out. So it was. that's all very good. And then I saw uh, zero fecal matter walking yeah, down. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. I saw None. a ton of vomit on Bart. But anyway, rare week, guys. Let's get to the games. We're gonna second half of the show. Deep dive on Monster Hunter World. So if you're interested in that. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, also, talk a little bit about Dragon Ball Fighters. But in the meantime, Shadow of the Colossus, uh, Marty, you reviewed it. I did. Uh, I, I was. I would say what my score is, but Dan and I are oscillating a little bit. Mm. But the score is very high nines. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, so, uh, yeah. Nines. This uh, this is incredible. I think all of us have had a chance to play it, or at least you, we played it, uh, mm-hmm. Casey, for two hours on a stream. But um, this, first off, might be the best looking remaster ever made. Uh, and in doing so, I think it's one of the best-looking PS4 games ever made. Wow. And I don't, I, would you guys agree with me? I would uh, go yeah. so yeah. far sure. as to yeah. say this is the best-looking cons- best console game I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I think this is just staggering visuals. Mm-hmm. It looks how I remember it looking. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to debate you guys a little bit because I, I totally agree. I played some of this on, on, my, on my Pro uh, this weekend, and it's absolutely stunning but it's also not doing nearly as much as a game like Horizon oh, or Uncharted. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So for what it is presenting you, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. This is this is a, a, a you know a stunning technical achievement. But I would say in terms of like best looking video game, I don't know. I mean, it's like what's it's like a really busy painting versus yeah. a minimalist painting, yeah. right? I think it's I mean it's best looking in that it, it is just at face value looking at it. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Horizon has a lot more going on. This is an incredibly sparse world. It's a game that came out. You know what? 15, 20 years ago, yeah, two thousand five. Uh, yeah, nineteen eighty one. Hard to believe it's been two hundred <laughs> years. Two thousand five. Uh, At least I said that right? several times in my review, so I hope I was. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but Casey, this is like one of your favorite games ever, right? Yes, I absolutely love the Shadow Classes. I I know I mentioned this last week, and I'm sorry for repeating myself, but 
It's all we and do they, here. They announced Shadow of the Colossus in Monster Hunter World right after the, the same other. E3 conference. Yeah, yeah, the same E3 conference. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the audience by myself and had no one to like look to and get excited <laughs> about. And I was really sad about that. But I feel when like, was this? This uh, year. This this year at E3. Where, where, where were all of us? Not with me. We're, we're all your friends here at IGN. We all get excited for you, the E3. No, I mean, we all, when we do like E3, you know, we're at the war room at E3 and everything gets announced. There's always like that one like stray like, woo, when something gets announced that no, <laughs> and everyone else is like, who who said that? Me, yeah, they're like, Rampa phone edition. And one person's like, yeah. That was Andrew. <laughs> yeah, that was Andrew. Let me, let me clarify. I was in the audience in the theater. She was actually oh, wow. at the oh, show. covering oh, it at okay. the show. So a few we people probably went, woo. Yeah, no, yeah. No one, no one did that for Monster Hunter. I no. was very disappointed. No, but, uh, but Shadow of the Colossus is like obviously people adore this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the big complaints is you know the, the original is is technical, technically impressive for the time, but it, you know a lot of it hasn't held up. The frame rate's pretty bad. The camera will fight with you. Yeah, uh, and the controls have sort of aged strangely. Yeah, the original or the last remake sort of carried over a bunch of that baggage yeah. with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it's I, I don't know. I'm trying to remember how many games have been. Like straight up remade twice. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you really want to call. I mean, the last one was sort of like an up-resed port. I feel weird calling this a remaster because last generation we had like you know how we have the Nathan Drake collection on yeah. PS4. Those feel like those remasters are like they look mm-hmm. a little bit better than yep. the original. Whereas this just looks remade from this the is ground a, this up. This is a new engine. This yeah, is yeah. entirely. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned those problems with yeah, like the original is an incredible game, but it was definitely it was ahead of its time. It was mm-hmm. streaming in all this information in the world, which meant the frame rate took a hit. Uh, the frame rate is incredible in this. It's uh, you know. Locked in at 30 on a uh, regular PS4 at 60 on a PS4 Pro. Yep. Looks phenomenal. Never chugs, even when you get to some of the later Colossi, which are just these massive hulking beasts with a thousand moving parts. Uh, the draw distance has completely been fixed in terms of the second you ride out of the main shrine, you can see all the way to the end of the map. Wow. It doesn't feel like stuff sort of popping in. It just feels naturally like you are going to get to that temple or you're going to do yeah, that Yeah, and I will, I will say that like uh, like the sort of design philosophy behind this game, it's sort of in the way we think about, um, I don't know, like the Nemesis system and Sh- uh, Shadow of War mm-hmm. where I'm like, surely everyone will do this and then no one did it. This game, we've seen large-scale boss fights since then. I mean, obviously the sort of apex of that was a game like this. The old God of War games mm-hmm. are really sort of like, oh, I'm, I've been fighting in this man's hand the yeah. entire time. <laughs> um, but this game still holds up in that way that you are an ant on like the back of an elephant like and a lot of games try to show you scale uh in in terms of you're fighting something massive and gigantic and you don't know how to take it down but i think this is still the king like it's still sort of like uh not like unsurpassable in in sort of the way it brings that in Mm -hmm. and also and we'll get into this more but the kind of emotional weight that comes with riding and and defeating these like living beasts these these walking breathing screaming landscapes yeah Yeah. Yeah, they they rolled a go ahead for how little dialogue there is in Shadow of the Colossus, it's still one of the, my favorite stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, less is more. Yeah. It's yeah. a weird argument against voice acting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only in, voice in the we have all those is are. a weird dormant. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Well, you get those people that are like, so when I say best looking game, I do one detraction. I really wish they hadn't gone with the papyrus font. I feel like they could have, they could have just. Yeah. Font's got to go, man. Yeah. It's really got to go. But no, I mean, really, I always love how sparse the story is and how it doesn't. It doesn't just like greet you with like a wall of exposition and explain what everything is and what's going on. It kind of lets you figure it out, and that's really, uh, I mean, it, it, again, there's that there's that show don't tell logic for movies mm-hmm. and for for good good writing and in more kind of uh, non interactive storytelling. But with interactive storytelling, like how do you how do you explain to the player they need to go do something without mm-hmm. being like follow the blinking dot? You know, yeah. yeah. When this we is were, the history of this world. When we were playing it on the stream, Casey, it was one of those things where like the memories were just flooding back mm-hmm. in terms of how you actually beat these things because that's like the primary sort of thing pushing against you in the gameplay is mm-hmm. you see a monster. It's easy to get to the monsters, but then it's like, well, what do I do? Right. What, how do I get up there when mm-hmm. I can't? Um, and if you know how to do that, like I was able to get through the game in about six hours uh, because I remembered most of them. I think there was yeah. like two of them I ended up looking up. Um, but that being said, that didn't detract at all from the enjoyment and the thrill and the like terror of clinging onto the side of something 100 feet up and you see that grip meter slowly going down. You're like, oh, am I going to be able to make it to yeah. the next platform? I mean, this this is going to sound weird, but uh, this this game almost prototyped Uncharted mm-hmm. in the way that like you'll walk into a big canyon in Uncharted and you're like, how do I get to the top of that mountain? And here you scale that in the same way um, and then you kill 
it. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is like really cool. It's really, I mean, like we're, I mean, we're kind of talking in broad strokes about, about this game. Uh, but if you've never played it before, like effectively it's, you know, cause I know many of you haven't, you probably PS4 might be your first PlayStation system. Um, it's effectively the story of a boy who has to save a girl who's in a coma, uh, by going out into the world and killing 15, 20, whatever yeah, it is, 16, gi- 16 gigantic monsters. I mean, and, and they, that's and it. They, they take kind of the role of they're both your only enemies and they're also the bosses and they're also set pieces and they're also puzzles. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much going on with these things and it's just – it's the, the, the scale of it is really – Really incredible. Um, him. Huge. That's him. But it, it, is, <laughs> it is really funny that we haven't seen we haven't seen more of this kind of get borrowed from. I mean, there's little bits of it in I mean in Monster Hunter, for instance. Yep. Uh, Zelda, I feel like, has a bit with the with the Divine Beast more recently. Uh, Dr- uh, Dragon's Dogma was like, hey, yeah. you can climb these huge things. Well, Dragon's Dogma was also made by Capcom as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Different, not the same mm-hmm. teams, but, but that totally seems like a yeah. like thing that Japan and sort of clung to. That was one of the things that so in Dragon's Dogma you can climb the monsters. And that was the thing that Monster Hunter actually took after Dragon's really? Dogma came yeah. out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. I yeah. had no idea. It's, I mean, it was so funny, though, playing both of these this weekend because we'll talk about uh, Monster Hunter World later. But, like, the the sort of sensation and feeling that taking down a big hunt in Monster Hunter mm-hmm. was so different than what the feeling you get when you take down a Colossi. Because when you take down a Colossi, there's no triumphant fanfare. Yeah, no. You don't get a stat screen where you have this many XP and this much money. You're like, you're met with silence. Yeah. The music yeah. fades and just leaves. And then you're just left there like, while well, this thing's just... You know, like blood. murder. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, think of the difference in, in, like, killing an enemy in, I don't know, The Last of Us versus, like... I don't know, Crash Bandicoot or something. Right, yeah. You know, it's like a different. <laughs> it's a different experience. The tone is everything. But uh, yeah. yeah, I, I also, think. Well, no, go for it. Oh no, I just wanted to mention that there. It is a remake. There is some new stuff in it as well. Yeah. Like uh, Marty and I, when we were playing on the stream, we randomly came across a barrel from uh, the Lost Guardian yeah. and some weird sparkling huh. coin. Yeah, we're still, we're trying to figure out what these what sparkling coins are all about because uh, we've found a bunch of them, but we don't know what they do. Yeah. They're not ti- they're not linked to the time attack stuff. They're not linked to the sort of the optional items you can get which are still in the game like the cool like the parachute oh, or that's the so bomb cool. arrows or the, oh, the thunder javelin. Do we think they're maybe going to add DLC? I mean, my thing is awesome. or if there's cuz there's there was always rumors of Microsoft that there was a colo- there was a 17 uh, a 17th colossi that was left on the cutting room floor. And so part of me is like is that in back. the game? Which hopefully we'll know by the time. If I have to kill Trico, that's don't not make me be great. kill Trico. No. Unless it's that mean Trico, like the yeah, weird the thunder like one. I didn't like he that. He was one. he was being controlled. It wasn't his fault. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think he had people said he was mean. No, people said saying it. I mean, people said that about Son of Sam, and he was a serial killer because yeah. he said his dog was telling him to do it. Yeah, that's he's true. still a bad man. He was not being. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's that was a walk. But you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing I want to point out is that even if you have played this game backwards and forwards, there's a bunch of stuff in here to really I think add value to it mm-hmm. uh the camera mode is incredibly incredibly in depth yeah uh i mean i feel like they keep adding new features every time they add one of these in a, in a playstation mm-hmm. game and in this case it's like i don't there's like parts of the camera i don't even know what they are mm-hmm. it's like the the the, the verve or something and you're there's like, also some options the tension. you play on pro correct like in terms of like you get to pick yeah like frame rate or, or yeah pro. yeah which is like it always feels like such a difficult decision when i'm handed that at the mm-hmm. beginning of a game now i wish I just want both. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a confusing because we did a graphics comparison of the original 2005 game and then what it looks like in performance mode and what it looks like in cinematic mode. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those where like cinematic mode and performance mode look different, but it's not like that's better than that one. I think it's totally a do you want it yeah. to run at 60 or it, you, yeah. yeah it totally comes down to the kind of people who are like do you want that real like real view thing on your yeah. TV or do you want to watch like a film movie yeah but it's it's really interesting um, that with all the giant bosses we've taken down in, for decades in video games that like the, their deaths aren't humanized in the same way that they are in this game like, sure. this game really makes you feel something and I saw a lot of people tweeting over the weekend about the difference between that and Monster Hunter because mm-hmm. there's specifically like I think it's like there, there's a sorrow to this game, yep. which is not like, not really a great word when people are describing like video games. Yeah, like, yeah. Is that fun. Is it oh, fun? It's got sorrow. Yeah, it's got some <laughs> sorrow in it. Yeah. Like the, you'll, the, you know, the you'll weep. It's just melancholy. Yeah, it's somber time. and yeah. But it's a f- really fun game. Yeah, yeah. it really uh, is. Also, side note, Brian, I don't know if you noticed, there is a there's a huge kind of like way you can like track your progress. It'll give mm-hmm. you like your your time and everything, your stats. Uh, there's a little thing on there for horse stunts. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. it will uh, it'll yeah. keep track of exactly. I was seeing how, Sam Claiborne do some horse stunts. Yeah, wow. Yeah, if you want to get just buck wild there and. 
do some real funny, funny goose. Nature's I motorcycle. I think it straight up is just taking your horse off a jump because he'll like go like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, the horse seems very confused. He's like, he I don't know sure why we did I, this. I, my, I, not to go on a tangent, my argument with most video games is that the horse does not want to be doing yeah. whatever this is. Yeah. The horse in The Witcher, the horse in Zelda, the horse in this game would probably rather be in the stable <laughs> eating hay and oats. Yeah. Oh, we have awful flashbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Time. yeah. Those poor horses. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. It's yeah. just horrible. Like it, yeah, there's no happy horse in game. Yeah, you hurt your leg, they gotta get, they gotta shoot you. We also uh, to to plug our let's play, which is at YouTube.com/slash IGN Beyond. We did a let's play uh, where we discovered the gender of the horse. How did you, you, you do that? Real She's a girl. Oh, <laughs> oh. I looked. We did. We did some camera movements. Oh, uh, fair yeah. Enough. We fair did. Enough. Yeah, it's called documentarianism. This episode is brought to you by GameFly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It has gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but GameFly lets you take your pick from a library of over nine thousand titles, including the biggest new releases like Assassin's Creed Origins, Call of Duty World War II, NBA 2K18, Madden 18, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day, which is a lot cheaper than dropping 60 bucks on a brand new game that you can't stand playing. Plus, you don't even have to leave the house. Oh, and they rent movies, too. Normally, a Gamefly trial only lets you check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash FarBeyond, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today again at GameFly.com slash FarBeyond. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters came out. Uh, I did a big old live stream of that with Sean Pitts. That's up on IGN proper. Um, this game is like, I mean, we've, we've said it before. This game is, is one of the best looking Dragon Ball fighting games mm-hmm. ever. Uh, I feel like they they I feel like they picked a very manageable way of approaching it. I saw some people in the comments who were mad that this is sort of a, a step backwards technically mm-hmm. and that uh, Tenkaichi and Budokai and all those are in a 3D space, whereas this is basically like a Marvel versus Capcom type of game. Yeah. Uh, I think that it makes it a much more uh, solid fighting game. But again, I'm not like a fighting game expert. But uh, I mean, somebody was like, this is just Marvel versus Capcom with a Dragon Ball overlay. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> this is just one of my favorite fighting games ever, but looking even better. Yeah. yeah. This looks like this is, like, I don't know, some of the best animation I think I've ever seen in a video game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this yeah. is just this we're, you know, we're watching it right now. If you're watching the the video version, it just looks like the cartoon. It almost looks better than the anime in my head. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like like it doesn't look like it has those dated frames of some like the the filler episodes where they're like, "How oh, we're just going to reuse frames in this fight." Like, yeah, right. Everything looks phenomenal. Well, you also you probably watched Dragon Ball Z on a on a CRT TV did. when you were going through puberty. So I did. nothing nothing looked right. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Was that the CRT's fault or the, the a little bit of puberty? A little yeah. bit of everything, but um, uh, no. Uh, the mean, backgrounds are also really really well. Yeah, and the way you kind of gradually destroy the the world around you. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of Easter eggs in there. There's some really good like just just. Stuff that I completely even forgot about as like a, as a Dragon Ball fan. Um, it's got some of my favorite characters too, like Rizzo and Nappa. And uh, Nappa's actually one of the characters. Trumbull. Yeah, Trumbull's, Trumbull's not, in there. Trumbull's, I don't know anything about Trumbull's Dragon not Ball. in there. That's, <laughs> yeah, I watched I watched so much Dragon Ball Z as a kid, and then I haven't really thought about it too much afterwards. But like looking at this makes me I want to play this because I'm like, oh, these were all the characters from my childhood, mm-hmm. and now they look incredible, and it looks like I'm controlling the actual cartoon. And if it's like Marvel vs. Capcom, I can just hit buttons, and yeah, have a ton of fun. I will say it's it's very rewarding for button mashers. Like I'm not I'm not great at fighting games or games in mm-hmm. general. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit better at fighting games if I got a fight stick because it's I've got the the large hands, but. I like even pulling off like a regular quarter circle move with like a with a with a D pad or with a, a thumbstick is like it's just tricky, um, but you can just kind of like just jam on it and get some cool stuff to happen. Uh, there's like a really there's a really good amount of training stuff on there too, which mm-hmm. I think is, is good. Like there's um the whole uh like I guess training mode tutorial type of thing where it'll it has just like be combo like combo lists. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it'll be like here's how you do all this stuff, and some of it I'm just like I can't do that next. <laughs> Uh, and it doesn't lock that stuff completely away. That's good. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of just little things to keep you busy, even if you're, you know, getting your ass handed to you on any kind of actual competitive level. Uh, yeah, it's. This, I, I want this treatment to now be given to all the cartoons I liked as a kid. Like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I want a He Man game that looks like this. Oh, I want God, a Thundercats yeah. game that looks like this. I want a Disney Saturday morning game yep. where, like, <laughs> Baloo is just fighting bonkers. Have you guys mm-hmm. ever seen Mugen, the, the game? 
Mugen is that where they put in a bunch of characters? Mugen is an open source fighting game that's like Marvel versus Capcom versus He Man versus Popeye versus Transformers. Versus you can put whatever you want. In the versus game. Naruto. Versus so it's SpongeBob. like that weird like VR chat client everyone's oh, using. No. <laughs> it's like that if you had hand drawn like like fighting animation. Yes. Wow. Um, I knew I found out about it because of uh, our UK team and they found a way to where you can gamble on that. Right. Game. So you that, just get liquored up and you're like, who's going to win in a, a fight? Few years ago, was that was it like freebie? Freebie bad or had some yeah, very, weird, yeah. very shady sounding name, mm. but uh, I, I mean, I, I do love that approach. I, I think that honestly, Dragon Ball is especially goofy. There is a story here that they sort of rather, uh, I don't know, ham fistedly, or they're like, everybody got cloned, and also they're in comas and possessed by things. Anyway, you're currently possessing Goku, go nuts, and you're like, what? Yeah, and then later on, you possess somebody else. Like, what? what? So are you, are playing you a as, bad guy? Yeah, are yeah. you clone Goku? You like, play as yourself, Loku? but you are possessing Goku, and it acknowledges. Like the game starts with oh, that, like that you play so much sense. You play as you, yeah. like, you, you play, play as, as us, and you you you, you are occupying Goku's body. And at one point, you go into like his inner monologue, and you're talking to Goku, kind of. And there's like dialogue options. I don't know if they do anything. Uh, really odd, odd way of approaching it, but honestly, so what was your favorite conversation with Goku? Uh, I think it was there was like a part where you you'd have to you have to like tell Krillin that his wife's not dead or something, <gasps> and you can be like, eh, you'll be fine or whatever. Or like, ah, it sounds pretty bad, Krillin. I don't know if things are going to be okay. Oh. Uh, that political movement hashtag Occupy Goku. Occupy Goku. <laughs> we made, yeah, we made a lot of progress with that. Yeah, really uh, brought down the banks. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, it's. Uh, I, I mean, this. I, I love this kind of game. I yeah. love it when it, occasionally, and I think we're at a point in in games as a as a thing where if you're going to bother with a licensed game, just do it right, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, or just put it on iOS. There you go. <laughs> one of the one of the, one of the uh, get away with garbage. Yeah. Oh, you know. Okay, wait. I know what I want now. I want uh, Batman the Animated Series fighting him. That looks like that. I don't want a fighting game. I just want to. I want. I want like a cell shaded Batman the Animated Series. Game. I want that too. Me that. Yeah. I want both of them. Yeah. Um, well, I'd take an iOS. Well, everybody well. with the want, want, want. When are you going to give yeah. some games to the makers of Batman? <laughs> you the can't have the Batman. <laughs> you can't have the Batman until you Bruce finish Timmel your Dragon Ball. Bruce upset that I'm not God. giving. He's sitting around probably like, you know what I want is I want people on podcasts to stop demanding my work gets turned into <laughs> video games. Um, yeah, so we mentioned these last last episode. Uh, Nike and PlayStation partnered uh, against all odds to make uh, these PG2 uh, Nike sneakers uh, available at against all odds. They sent <laughs> they sent us they sent these to us as like as samples to check out. We've got a bunch of people at IGN who are like just hardcore sneakerheads who are always like you know lining up outside shoe stores to mm-hmm. buy the sneakers. Uh, they just sent these to us and we're like, what do we do with them? So I think we're gonna have them do an unboxing. Ironically, they didn't actually send us a box, which is a thing you know like <laughs> like a shoe box has been a thing since the invention of shoes. Yeah, that's like so it's they sent it so to us what? in a backpack, which is really cool because yeah. like the backpack is autographed. It's got stuff inside it but it's also like um like a shoe the shoe box is like a big part of the collector culture for for like nike heads and for for sneaker heads in general yeah um and i don't know how it looks so we can't actually do a proper unboxing but um the shoes themselves they're uh, max got a size 12 so they're they're pretty big but uh they are there's a lot going on here i think i think if this is if you're in the like basketball basketball nikes you're gonna love these Mm -hmm. um i'm more into like their street shoes like uh or like just kind of like the classic jordans and stuff like that big high tops so they're a little much for me um not price wise because they're only 110 dollars if they're not sold out immediately that's the that's the tricky thing is just getting getting in there yeah it's like it's like which sucks like i tried to buy the new kendrick lamar shoes the other day and like i had touch id set up on my sneakers app app and it was just like hey what was your phone number again and then uh the app crashed and i lost them Um, and it was just like it sucks buying shoes is impossible it's stupidly hard to do it's harder than it needs to be it's it's like harder than camping out for any video game or amiibo or anything really like it's just a pain in the ass it's interesting to me the different ways that the first parties are sort of celebrating and embracing their history Mm -hmm. like you talked last week about shoes and about the tataku toys um and then nintendo clearly does it all the time with amiibo and then microsoft is sort of doing it not with like objects but with backwards compatibility and being like you can play your 360 games and game pass will give you all yeah, stuff like that yeah. kind of thing. yeah i mean i think like uh, we might have mentioned this last week but a, a lot of these companies are, are they're at the point now where an adult man or woman has a genuine nostalgia for the stuff that has been coming from this brand for decades mm-hmm. now. you know like if you love playstation 
this the the those symbols mean mm-hmm. a lot sure. to you after after many so many years of using them you know yeah, it's, so. i mean it's also it's uh it's not even nostalgia necessarily it's just genuine enthusiasm without any kind of like stigma to go along with yeah. it i yeah. mean the fact that a, a professional basketball player is like hey uh playstation's cool that's like pretty nice that you know one of the jocks is sort of sticking up for the nerds yeah. there <laughs> i want uh, i mean I w- you look at they like like motorcycle brands and, and car brands and stuff like that have always been like hey it's like a it's a harley davidson jacket it's a porsche jacket mm-hmm. because people who have those things are like Nobody ever is like a Porsche. What are you, 12? You know? Well, it's yeah. also like it's hard to kind of show your love for video games for the most part without it being like really gaudy and over the top, mm-hmm. right? Like an like, advertisement. Well, luckily yeah. we have these nice understated shoes which light up with one of two different That's settings. That's true. Some of I want to point soft, out that these these have effect. power buttons, PlayStation power buttons on the inside of the tongue, which are about 100 times bigger than the power buttons on your PS4 Pro. Yes. Which is a like an ant yeah. on an elephant it's too yet small. again. It's too, yeah, it's way yeah. too small. Every time, also every time you take a step, it plays the uh, ten second opening chime of when you turn on a PS2. Yeah, yeah every yeah. step. And if you click your heels together, it goes PlayStation. Yeah, it does. <laughs> have you guys heard those, those like children's shoes that have squeaky noises in them that, that are, like to keep your children from escaping? Yeah, what? That was one of those like, up there with like the invention of the car alarm is like a thing that you shouldn't ever have put in the world. Yeah. yeah. Do you know like these have uh, sensors too? So if you get in a car, it goes Ridge Racer. <laughs> it's Ridge Racer. Yeah. yeah. Oh man! Okay, it just scares your significant yeah. other. So these uh, these are out uh, soon now. Yeah, these are out February tenth. We're okay. gonna have a full unboxing up on IGN. Uh, take some photos of them, make them look real good. How many of these yeah. do you think we'll see at PSX this year? People, people rocking. Whatever it'll, it'll be an yeah. even number. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's awfully able stuff, you Brian. Um, I don't know. So uh, real quick, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna take a break and we're gonna bring in uh, Andrew Goldfarb and Jonathan Dornbush to talk about Monster Hunter. Um, I played a little bit and. I think it's. I think it is a, a spectacular game for what it's going to do. It's just totally not for me. Like I a completely. A lot of people are that. telling me that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, and I kind of called this. I've I've kind of learned to sort of just be like, just you know, pace yourself. And I'm, I don't want to be too negative here, but mm-hmm. it's like I don't know. It's, games are for different types of people. Um, but like when they showed the reveal at E3, and it was just like, oh, whoa! You can go down the slide, you can grapple hook the the dinosaur, mm-hmm. and you go and you, you get you and your friends make the trap and get the other one, and you ride the thing around, you go up the side of the cliff. I was like. There's going to be a lot of UI over that, huh? Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of menus and a lot of systems and a lot of UI in play. And, you know, I mean, it's a Monster Hunter game. Mm-hmm. Which is- yeah, I, I'll say what, I, what I've been hearing a bunch of people uh, – I'll repeat what I've been hearing a bunch of people say, which is, like, really stick with the tutorial stuff early on. Don't skip it like I always do. <laughs> and just go, like, I'll figure it like, out. Definitely. I'll figure it out. You're like, well, why didn't yeah. the game tell me what to yeah. do? You know, like, follow the instructions on the Lego a little bit, yeah. you know? And, then, and you yeah. can always go back into your pause menu and reread those tutorials. Everything is there. Ah, yes, reading. The reason I got into games. Well, <laughs> sometimes you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You have to read something. No, it's, I mean, it's also funny to go at, to go at Monster Hunter because I've been playing a bunch of Bloodborne and I've been playing a bunch of Shadow of the Colossus. And these are two games that are very like sparse on instruction mm-hmm. and very big on how uh, like how tactile the environment is and how mm-hmm. much it's about like you interacting things with things in a very real time sense. They're very show, don't tell. Yeah, yeah, but it's also like there's a very much a sense of like when you hit something, it feels like you're hitting it mm-hmm. or it's mm-hmm. hitting you and you're yeah. dead and like. Uh, I mean, I would. I jumped into. It, it felt considerably more video gamey than like. I mean, we shouldn't use the word visceral, but you know, like that sense of actually actions having a kind of equal mm-hmm. weight to them. Whereas, I thought you were going to say we couldn't use it because they closed down. Which uh, they did close down. Rest in peace. Awful. Uh, Casey, should we? No, let's just do it. Let's plug that video that we made last week. That's going up yeah. this week on Up at Noon. Oh yeah. So uh, we. <laughs> sorry. Um, I just teed you up there. I'm just like, this is it. You got. You got. You good. What's yeah. the video, Casey? I don't, okay. I don't even so, know about the video, Casey. We had, we had the co-director of Monster Hunter World, Fujioka-san, come on uh, and do a segment with us talking about how to take down famous movie monsters. That's awesome. And Bowser. And, and Bowser. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. he was in the Mario movie. Yeah. Yeah. A famous and movie monster. Dennis Hopper. And so Casey brought me in on this, so the list got very goofy very quickly, and they totally went with it. Which uh, It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really, really fun. So check that out on Up at Noon this week. We'll also clip it out as its own thing. Cool. Yeah, cool. just check out Up at Noon every week. We have a good time. We yeah, play with, do that. with toys. We do all kinds of dress-ups and costumes. We do we do baked goods once in a while. It's, it's great. A, it's a special treat. We don't put shoes on the table. Yeah. Like, yes, we absolutely like do absolutely all the time. Do. We've, yeah. done, <laughs> we've unboxed Dragon Ball Z shoes. Anyway, uh, Brian and I are going to tap out, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be replaced by Andrew and Jonathan and beyond. 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 I'm still going to be here. Hey, friends, we are back. Uh, Marty and Casey are still here, and we are now joined by Andrew Goldfarb. Brap, brap. And Jonathan Dornbush. Don't do that, Andrew. Come on. <laughs> Why? We've talked Brian's about seat. this. I'm in Brian's seat. Man, I, I lost a ton of weight, and I love my wife. 
Oh, that was your Brian impression. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he did lose a lot of weight, and he does love his wife, so that's perfect. Thank you. Uh, all right, we are, uh, as we hinted before, moving on to our Monster Hunter topic. Uh, our Monster Hunter full review is up. Uh, Joe gave it an 8.5, is that right? Or 9.5? 9.5. No, 9. I was like, 9.5. I will stop. Uh, oh, no. He gave it like a 4, uh, I was right? of Mitchell's Dragon Ball review. The conversion uh, from British to Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, a 9.5, but in terms of uh, here in the U.S. office, none of us have put more time into the game than you, Casey, so but without having us sort of plebes talk about our thoughts on the game although i will share well, my plebe thoughts on it like what yeah. like what is this game to you in terms of the series uh like, monster hunter's life yeah um <laughs> yeah monster hunter is yeah. life um monster hunter i've put in about 80 monster hours into monster hunter world that's not counting the numerous hour, hours i've spent idling on it mm-hmm. while filling out wiki pages yeah and capturing video and doing other things for some content here so safe to say uh, you enjoy it i really yeah. well when i'm not working on it I want to be playing it. Mm-hmm. So my breaks are like, I'm going to take a break now. I'm going to go grind for this weapon. Yeah. <laughs> so, like that, that, that's your break from Monster Hunter is playing yeah. more Monster Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really, really enjoy it. All, a ton of my friends are playing it. We have a squad of 15 people. Nice. Um, and that isn't even, I think we're going to end up having about 20 people that's in total awesome. playing the game at any one time. Yeah. Um, and squads are, if you're not familiar, are basically Monster Hunter World's answers to guilds mm-hmm. so you and a lot of people are actually having trouble with getting online and playing they don't know how to play with people no <laughs> so, i've heard sort of like the way to actually get online has been a problem so for people like in game the xbox um all the servers are basically kind of broken and Ooh, are not working good. very well but playstation has been mo- fine yeah. <laughs> <Suck at> xbox <laughs> So that's um, why we're here. Yeah. yeah, I haven't I haven't had issues with um with that except this morning I was having a little bit of whatever. I'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um the how you play online with friends. So you you go online and then you invite a friend. Mm-hmm. You go into your menu tab and you say invite a friend and you can pick anyone in your PlayStation friends uh, list, friends list mm-hmm. and then they can join your session. It's it's not too hard cool. and then whoever posts a quest on a board you go to any quest board and click join a quest and you can see all the quests that are posted. Mm-hmm. Sorry for going into that. A no. lot of people have been asking, no. like, how do I play with a friend? I don't understand. That's all you have to do. If someone leaves on a quest, their quest will still be on the board. You can still join their quest. It's like mid quest. That's all it you is. Can, you can yep. hop into someone's. Yeah. yeah. So mid quest, you can do, go ahead and as long as it hasn't been uh, more than 10 minutes, you'll still gain the same rewards. Mm-hmm. It's super easy. If you're in a squad, you just log on to that squad server and then if anyone else chooses to log on to the squad server they'll also be there mm-hmm. but when you say does that mean you can do a quest with 15 to 20 people no when? so you can have 15 people in a like room okay. and up to four people can leave on a quest together okay, okay. Gotcha. yeah sorry yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no, sort of way. sort of think of it yeah. i don't know because I'm, I'm comparing this i think it's 16 to sort of like destiny where a bunch of people can be in the tower at once mm-hmm. but then when you go on an actual mission yes right just exactly yeah yeah just like that Anyway, playing with friends is a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just been hanging out in party chat, all talking to each other. I mean, a bunch of my friends are back in Florida, and it's cool to like, hang out with them again, even mm-hmm. though we're killing monsters. Yeah. That is our hangout sesh now. Uh, basically, the loop of Monster Hunter is you go hunt a monster, you collect its parts, you come back to the forge, see what kind of armor and weapons you can make with those parts, and then make those things and then go hunt a bigger monster. So what is it about that sort of that that it's a pretty tight loop. It is. Like you you and the quests are are relative the hunts are relatively quick. The, so they can if they can be kind of long mm-hmm. if you're totally unprepared. Like I had a friend who was on a story mission and finding this thing called a Radoban and this is a big monster with a huge chin and he covers himself in tar and then rolls around in bones <laughs> to create armor. That's pretty cool. Um so unless you knock off the armor it can be kind of difficult to actually do decent damage mm-hmm. and when i first did it i had a really sharp sword i had upgrade had made 100 percent certain that it was upgrading my sword so i had good sharpness and i kept my sharpness up and i was fine i was able to do it in a decent amount of time mm-hmm. like 20 minutes or so then i had a friend who went went in and hadn't been upgrading his weapon constantly and it took him like more than an hour <laughs> to kill this one thing oh man and it was i could tell he was so frustrated and i was like i'm sorry man yeah. like yeah. maybe you should just leave and like he's like but it's already been 30 minutes yeah. and like you know sunk cost fallacy it's yeah. like yeah. you already put so much time into so, it i mean it's kind of cool that you can eventually take it down after that yeah. long even with a yeah. worse weapon yeah. mm-hmm. 
I guess that's a really long time to fight <laughs> yeah. one yeah. enemy, though. And to clarify, this is on an expedition, and on expeditions, there are no time limits. Usually okay. there's a 50-minute time limit. Oh, okay. yeah. gotcha. Does it yeah. feel like, uh, for newcomers to the series, of which I am one, mm-hmm. do you feel like it's better to play a little bit alone or with a group of friends? Like, what's the best way to get into specifically with this one? So Monster Hunter World actually forces you to play by yourself for the first two hours or so. <laughs> yeah. And I actually highly recommend playing by yourself for a little bit because you can't you can't actually know if you're being efficient with your weapon unless you're playing by yourself gotcha because if someone else is in there and really knows what they're doing and has a really good weapon you have no idea if they're actually carrying you or not there's no way to see who's doing the most damage or there are some like hunter highlights at the end of a quest it'll be like this person did the most did this much damage and this person did most poison damage and whatever but doesn't actually tell you this every time like Mm -hmm. what damage there are no specifics. Yeah, I played uh, so I've about four hours into it, and I played fully by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's done a good like it's the beginning is definitely tutorial heavy, mm-hmm. and there is like a lot of information here. And like Brian and Max were talking about how that sort of turned them off, just because mm-hmm. you know they're playing through Bloodborne now, and those Souls games are notoriously lacking tutorials, mm-hmm. like to a fault sometimes. Um, but I feel like the big thing with this was like, yeah, it's tutorial heavy, but everything is important. Yes. Like everything feels like it doesn't feel like, I don't know, in the same way the opening of Persona is tutorial heavy. Like none of this feels like you're, they're pandering to me or talking down to me Mm-mm. or giving me wasted information. Like all of this is, this is a complex game. Yes. There are yeah. a lot of systems at play. And so I would prefer to actually learn that solo, which mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. going out on a hunt and then realizing like, oh, I didn't realize that there was weapon degradation. So halfway yeah. through a fight, I need to back off a little bit and then sharpen my sword. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, cool. I understand that. Now. Yeah. Like that is now a system that I will always keep my eye on mm-hmm. playing the game. Um, and I liked, I don't know, I do like the fact that you take down a giant thing and then you sort of just, you know, it's it's rummaging through its body for mm-hmm. different parts and bones and meat mm-hmm. and everything. And like I do completely understand, even though I'm whatever, 120th as far into it as you and then, you know, countless numbers behind how much you've played of the series, like I totally very quickly understand the addictive loop of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially portable, like you can see why it was so big on portable before this yeah. and why you like expanding up with anyone. Yeah. 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 yeah, like that seems really So do smart. you think... You know, this being, well, clearly Capcom said, I think this is already the best-selling Monster Hunter game Yeah, ever. it shipped 5 million, million. units yeah. since launch. So clearly it's super successful. Do you think the fact that it's going to be tethered to, you know, PS4 and Xbox and then PC, do you think it's non-portable nature is going to hurt the game at all? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Well, this is also coming, the first Monster Hunter game I played was on the PS2. Okay. Um, and those online capabilities were significantly worse. Oh, yeah, they were bad. Than the ones... That are that in was, place now. It started on PS2, right? Yeah, was, it okay. started on yeah. PS2. That was the very first one. And I I had a fine time with that. You just go online. You meet people who are are kind mm-hmm. and not bad. And then you just make friends with them online. And that's who you play mm-hmm. with. Like if you don't have people to play with who you know that are playing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did in Monster Hunter 3U as well on the Wii U. I just made friends with people who were playing. We're in a room. We have a few quests together. And it's like, hey, like... We help each other out. We know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's make friends and keep doing it. And in the first Monster Hunter, the veterans would always make it a point to play with new players. They would always make it a point to go and play. as like, oh, you don't know what you're doing? Let me help you. Yeah, let me be your Sherpa. And yeah. there's even a um, a new system in Monster Hunter World with you can throw up an SOS flare in the middle of a quest. Mm-hmm. And then anyone can join your quest and help you. Yeah. And if you have your mics on, you can talk, you can ask questions, you can be like, hey, I'm really sorry this Anjanath has really high firepower and I have like negative 10 fire resistance. Yeah. I yeah. can't I can't get near it. Yeah. Please help. I really, and really that's fosters such a cool community. Like yeah. that's yeah. really cool. I idea. mean it's it's all co-op. There's no everyone no benefits. Right? There's no yeah. PvP. Everyone benefits from being good. So make telling your teammate that they suck without giving constructive feedback hurts everyone in the party. So it benefits you to make your party members better. Mm-hmm. Unless you want job security on the hunt. That's Hold true. This is I don't true. Know, I don't know. Yeah, I've about one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about one employment yeah. Yeah, at Village. Yeah. But the I really love Monster Hunter World because even 60, 70, 80 hours in, I'm still discovering new things. Mm-hmm. I've seen the credits roll and I'm still discovering new things. That's so cool. That's awesome. I still have so many things I want to do. And I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do these things. And I love when I can get meta with a game like that. Yeah. Even though you don't have to. You don't have to get meta. But, yeah. like, right now, like, okay, like, I have all the materials to make the best ice lance in the game. I don't have the money for it. Yeah. What's the best way to make money? 
Well, red pits are a type of herb that you can farm that you can sell for the most money. So <laughs> you put those into the farm. So you, when you come back on a quest, you can sell those things. Mm. But you can also use these every day when you log in, you get a daily bonus uh, called the Lucky Voucher. And it doubles the money you receive in quest rewards. And it also gives you bonus rewards at the end. Oh, that rules. So it's like, okay, like let me find the quest that gives me the most money and then use this voucher and then bring this item that increases the amount of uh, valuable items and monster drops. And then let me give my Palico this extra item that lets him collect more things. Yeah. And now you're making a ton of money. And like there's a system like that for almost everything you want to do. You can make everything so efficient and work with your friends with strategies to do these things. And there are things like I didn't know, like the red pit thing. I didn't like think about that. Someone else thought about that. Yeah, it, it, totally, it's I'm kind of reminds me. Going no, 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 so no, 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 no. It. it reminds me of the same way, uh, you know, in a bunch of different games like Destiny or Stardew Valley or even Persona. In terms of like, you are mentally thinking about how you are going to spend the time in your day with this mm-hmm. game because everything is ultimately feeding in towards a goal or mm-hmm. one of a hundred goals yes. and you're like all right i'm going it's almost like creating a to-do list yeah. and you're like well i'm going to do this this and this because all of them are feeding towards this one thing exactly. because i want this one piece of armor well, it's also mm-hmm. just a much it's a way more hardcore system of something that even like far cry 3 or anything else does where it's like this just gives you so many more you have a much wider breadth of things to to harvest from mm-hmm. and a much wider range of options after you have those materials mm-hmm. so i think it's like man like i'm almost intimidated by it but i i, I feel like it seems like my kind of nerdy, so like I'm actually really excited to dive yeah. into it because like I can totally see myself Everyone, just grinding away. People are getting so nerdy about it. I have friends who are taking notes. Like, <laughs> yeah. here are the <laughs> items I need to look out for. And just I, it's one of those games that you can get really, really into mm-hmm. and you get very rewarded for doing so. Especially uh, when you're fighting a monster that is especially difficult. Like The adrenaline is real. Yeah. <laughs> and being with your friends to take that monster down is amazing. Mm-hmm. Even being solo and taking that monster down is amazing. I remember like back when I was in high school on the Monster Hunter PSP, there was this, uh, the flagship monster for Freedom 2 was Tigrex, who's a really difficult mo- monster, especially by yourself. And I remember I was trying to beat it on my friend's couch, just hanging out, and I finally beat it, and I just freaked out. I was yeah. like, I finally killed the yeah, tiger! Yeah. <laughs> I finally did it! And he had no idea what yeah. he was talking exactly, about. Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. But I was just so excited, I yeah. just needed to tell everyone. And that's the kind it's, of, you constantly get that feeling from Monster Hunter, and it's very rewarding, and it's great. It's so totally. funny to me that like the two main games we've talked about on this episode have been Shadow of the Colossus and Monster Hunter, mm-hmm. which are two games that are just ostensibly about hunting monsters. But <laughs> the feeling we get when you take down a colossi mm-hmm. is just melancholy and yeah. emptiness and why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Whereas the feeling oh, yeah. you take down a monster in Monster Hunter world, you're like, this is right. great. Like, look what I've yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, you want to show your friends, yeah. whereas like, I'm ashamed of what there's I've done. A, the there's an amazing then, uh, Kirk Hamilton tweet that yeah. went around this weekend because those two games were both around. It was like, shout at the colossus. Oh, I beat this enemy and I'm like really melancholy about it and then monster hunter oh i beat this enemy and i'm gonna make a hat yeah <laughs> and that's the thing too like you can make armor and weapons and be like yeah i killed this thing 14 times here's my proof in the sword yeah like, i love that yeah. it's cool it's, it's so really cool. neat yeah. and it gets anyone who's worried about it not being hard i promise it gets <laughs> it'll take the gloves off so hard yeah it gets absolutely ridiculous like i i made a full set of high rank armor i know that doesn't mean anything to you guys but um i leveled it up a ton I'm now fighting these new monsters. I don't want to put any spoils in there, but they are ridiculously difficult. Are they Draculas? Like, the, are they Jeffs? They're, they're a Jeffs. bunch of, they're new versions of monsters, and you have to fight two of them at a time, and they're especially good. difficult. I don't want that. And they, it's gotten to the point, like, through the story, I could just bring my one best set of armor and my one best weapon, and I'd mm-hmm. be, I, that carried me through the game. That was fine. Yeah. Now it's like, well, I have negative six thunder resistance, I can't fight this monster. Yeah, yeah. I literally can't. I need to go get different armor. I need to figure out a way around this. Yeah. Or it'll just one-shot me every time. I love that. And I love that extra layer of difficulty for people who want it. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I really love Monster Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys want to play with me sometime... I will totally shepherd you through the game. After dice. Second I'm back from dice. This is my goal. <laughs> Number one on my list. Uh, yes, the opening of, uh, I, I don't know, 2018 has started off with like a bang. This has been such a cool month for games. Uh, obviously, Shadow of the Colossus is out in a week or two, we, but we were talking about Dragon Ball Fighters and we were talking about Monster Hunter. Uh, but then also, uh, a game that came out a couple days ago, which uh, Tom Marks gave a 10 out of 10 to, uh, was Celeste. 
Uh, yes. Jonathan, you've played uh, a bunch of Celeste. You beat, I, you, you beat the campaign. I beat the campaign, and I've played a few of the B-side harder levels yeah. that are included. So what is this? Uh, you know, it's a very different game than Monster Hunter, but what is this? In no, it's pretty much exactly uh, yeah, the same exactly. game, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Celeste uh, is the name of a big monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Celeste is the name of the mountain, Yes, which many people will assume it's your protagonist. But uh, you play as a woman named Madeline, uh, who has decided she wants to climb Celeste Mountain. And you don't really know why at first, uh, but all you you go along with that journey, and it's through a series of very difficult platforming levels, sort of in the Super Meat Boy fashion, mm-hmm, definitely, uh, where they are brutally difficult, but intentionally so, and really well designed. But it's also a story at the same time about depression mm-hmm. uh, and sort of overcoming challenges in your life, whether it is due to depression or for just everyday life, the idea that like you can overcome something with enough go-to attitude and belief in yourself yeah. and dealing with your own inner insecurities sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is I, like it, the only thing it reminds me of in terms of like a game that, that couples incredible platform mechanics with a message like that is braid. Yeah. And which like both things exist separately, like really well, like this is, it's a little bit like Meat Boy in terms of these rooms get brutally hard, and the one thing that keeps you going is when you die, you respawn immediately. Yes, and uh, it, it keeps track of all your deaths, but in a really and it doesn't punish you. It doesn't like put on a dunce cap, but it will encourage you. It'll be like, don't worry about dying. With every death, you get a little bit better. No, that's and, what like, I keep trying. I love the positivity of the game. Uh, Tom had said it while we were discussing it. And it's like the game wants you to be good at it. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to like it's difficult, but it doesn't want to be difficult to be like, ha ha, screw you, you mm-hmm. can't get through this. Yeah. It wants you to overcome those challenges. Yeah. And that's also built into the narrative as well. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And the story is great. Like, you know, I yeah. mentioned how, you, you know, Braid's a super smart platformer that deals with, you know, puzzles with time and everything and time manipulation. Yeah. Whereas this, it does a great job of it, its mechanics are pretty sparse. Oh, yeah. Like you jump, you can grab and climb for a little bit. And, and then dash. you have the dash. Yes. And the dash is a one time thing until you land on the ground except for certain items. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, I don't know, like Mario before, it, it does so much with its very few things. And then it has this incredible story where you're coming across these characters and these situations and, and finding more about, well, her name's Marty in my game because I, I named her after myself. Mm-hmm. So that's, this is a weird journey her and I are going on. Uh, but it, it deals with, like, it almost nonchalantly deals with stuff like anxiety and panic attacks and depression and yeah. not in a, like, you know, Depression Quest is clearly a game about that. Yes. But this is just yeah. a game where it deals with, like, yeah, this is real. And it there are scenes, like, I would I do not want to spoil them in any way, but there are certain scenes that deal directly with those themes that are so powerful yet so simple. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I love the way that they come across in this game that is ostensibly you jumping around these crazy difficult levels. Yeah. Uh, but also you get to meet a cool friend on the mountain named Theo, yeah. who, if you're watching the video, version is on some of the footage he's trying to raise his instagram followers yeah uh and what's really cool about the game is there is an instagram feed for theo that they the developers made <laughs> oh that's really and cool because he has a backstory of how he got up and ended on this mountain yeah and that instagram feed essentially follows his narrative to the I love that. is mountain. it the crashed airplane in the background <laughs> that has a little to do with that <laughs> perhaps be able to solve the mystery was it that it was it was yes, yes. It was. Uh, <laughs> um, but no this is such a came out of left field you know this is developed by the uh by the creator for of, you, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> came, uh, the developer of uh, Towerfall. Towerfall. Yes. Uh, and while it visually has some similarities and some of the movement feels the same, clearly yeah. this is much different than a four-player, you know, a Smash Brothers style brawler. Yeah, it, it feels like when I played Towerfall, I, was, I loved the physics of it and the mechanics of sort of that platforming and movement. I was like, man, I would love a platformer like this. Mm-hmm. And then they yeah, got Celeste it. like two years later. It, and it yeah. works. Has so it really well. only been two years? Uh, Towerfall was 2013 originally. Towerfall yeah. came to um, Ouya. so Ouya. many different platforms. Yeah, yeah. it's like it, it was I originally think... an Ouya, like the, the Ouya killer app or the yes. Ouya only app. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then luckily it came to everything yeah, else. Yeah, but what's awesome is there are also the super challenging, the levels themselves for the story are, you can beat them, they're challenging, but they are doable. Then there are the B-side levels, which you have to unlock by collecting certain things in each level, mm-hmm. and they are hard. Yeah. They are not for the faint of heart. The game also really smartly has like a, a sort of a scalable assist mode to where it will allow you, if you do really just care about the story and don't want to be pounding your head against the wall, like it'll allow you to get through it without you know sort of driving there's yourself a, mad. There's a new mode. That lets you. What is that mode called? Oh, assist mode. Yeah, assist mode. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's great, uh, and it's available for pretty much everything on the Sun, PS4, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Not Vita. Yeah. Not Vita. Well, so Vita. Who, Vita. 
who won the time trial? You, Chloe, or Tom? So it's it's ongoing. <laughs> it's Mitchell because right now. Mitchell yeah. is in the lead. Yeah. Now. What? Yeah. But Tom introduced me to a super jump mechanic that like the final level B side teaches you. Yeah, it's just it's just Ritalin. Um, but he taught it teaches you this in the final level of the game, and he taught me how to do it. So that completely will change it. But uh, we figured out the first level at least we comparable enough with the game. Um, can beat it in under two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure speedrunners will do much better. Mitchell got down to one minute and 39 seconds, uh, so that is the current record in the five office. Five seconds better than your record. Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> Someone remembers. <laughs> but what's really cool is replaying the first level so much, I remember playing it for the first time and finding screens that I was like, I don't know how to do this. This is so difficult. And then you go back to it and you're like, how was that hard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it just, it you, makes you feel so good when you were like, how, like you were bashing your head against something and when you finally figure it out and do it a couple times, you're like, oh, I have made significant progress in this game. And I, I that's my favorite part of most good platformers, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm saying it like any game in general, like the first Zelda game I played, I had no idea how Zelda games work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And now I play any Zelda game and it's like, oh, this is fly. Yeah. Yeah. I recognize the puzzles because totally. I'm it, totally it, familiar yeah. with them now. Celeste yeah. teaches you without forcing you to feel like you're being taught how to get better, but mm-hmm. you naturally do as you get accustomed to it. And even when they throw in new mechanics that are only one world relevant, mm-hmm. but you will just get better naturally at the platforming which is awesome like in monster hunter when you keep finding the same monster over and over again (laughs) yes when shadow the colossus where i beat it because i remembered how to do it (laughs) i think that's a little different mechanic but that's fine uh (laughs) thank you guys so much uh man 2018 has just been really cool so far yeah. yeah, just in terms of games, like this is this is good, and then we we're gonna have Far Cry coming, and we're gonna God of War, have God of War, four twenty, yeah. we're gonna have Woo. Labo, Labo, four twenty, we're gonna have MLB the show. Yeah, my, my year minus will be over. Yeah, I'm done. well, because of Monster Hunter, <laughs> because you'll just, just cap it out after one month. Yeah. I mean, that, that was me in April. I was like, oh, Persona came out in April, so I'm just done. I yeah. guess, <laughs> and I'll be waiting for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, we'll yeah. see oh, you yeah. next year, yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, see you in 2034. Yeah, exactly. Casey, where can everyone find you? Barrett, no. Where can everyone find you? Everyone can find me at Shiny Casey on Twitter. Perfect, and check out pretty much our, our Monster Hunter wiki and all of our tips and guides yeah. and everything. Is uh, we also mm-hmm. have a, an unboxing for the Nergigante, that guy in the center. Yes, want to watch that. He looks like a scary Dracula. He is super scary. Uh, Andrew, where can we find you? Uh, I'm Garfap on Twitter. Beautiful. Jonathan? I am at JM Dornbush on Twitter. I made a lot of quick cuts. Barrett, Barrett got really confused by yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me at McBiggity, two Gs and two Ds. Uh, for Casey and Andrew and Jonathan and the, the dearly departed uh, Brian and Max, this is uh, Marty for Beyond episode 529, and we'll see you all next time. Beyond. Hi. Beyond. Hi. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.